Welcome to Faith and Freedom. We hope to inform, inspire, and encourage you to stand up for faith and freedom as we discuss victories and challenges in the courts, in public policy, and in the culture. Faith and Freedom is brought to you by Liberty Council, a litigation, education, and policy organization. Join us now as we address the latest cultural issues across America and around the world. Jacksonville's cancellation of graduations in churches violates the First Amendment. I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. Joining me on Faith and Freedom is Holly Mead. Well, Liberty Council sent a demand letter to the Duval County Public Schools in Jacksonville, Florida, regarding the district's new discriminatory and, frankly, unconstitutional policy that is forcing schools to now cancel their graduations held at church facilities, even though these schools have held graduations at religious facilities for years. You know, Matt, this is really ridiculous. We know of at least several and these are elementary schools. These are kindergarten and fifth graders that have had these graduations at church facilities. It's a great partnership. The churches don't charge the schools. Um, they work together and they do other events during the year, like maybe the backpack outreach or whatever to help the schools. So it's like the school district is saying, well, we'll take your stuff on these other events, but you can't host your graduation in the church facilities. And they're not having a worship service, anything like that. They're just allowing them to be at the facility. Yeah, this is ridiculous. They have been doing these graduations at these religious facilities or church facilities for a long time. And, and the churches and the schools like they it. They like it. Well, And the reason is, is because if you look at the facilities that these churches have in the community versus the facilities or lack of facilities that the schools have, it's a no-brainer. When you begin to invite the relatives of mm -hmm. the kids that are graduating. There's a lot of space there. There's a lot of space that is required, and these elementary schools don't have that kind of space. Right, and they don't want to have it in some, like, VFW hall or something. Or some gym, you know, know. with some, you know, the hard uh, seats that Smelly come out. socks. And yeah, yeah, you know, and it <laughs> no. just, the, the acoustics aren't this good. Sweet little It children. just doesn't have enough um space. So the churches have had this relationship with the schools for a number of years, and they've got these great facilities, nice yeah. seating, plenty of parking, good facilities, nice sound systems, and there's no problem. They just open the facility. They're not, they're not praying. They're not doing any worship. They're not proselytizing. So here's an example. The wife of one of our attorneys used to teach at one of the schools along with the pastor's wife. And so there was a relationship there. And then so the church and the school were right next to each other. So it was a great relationship they had. The attorney for the school district's Office of Policy and Compliance wrote a letter to the district principals on May the 12th regarding the use of religious facilities for public school events. In the letter, he said, it has been the practice of Duval County Public Schools to highly discourage the use of religious facilities to stage public school events because of the religious entanglement and the constitutional issues raised by public school use of religious facilities. Namely, a potential violation of the Establishment Clause. Consequently, we have taken the position that schools should not use religious facilities for DCPA events. Rather, the school should use school property or non-religious off-site for school events, close so quote. this attorney needs to go and study the law a little bit more because he also wrote that the law in the area of public school use of religious facilities 
is not well developed. Is this guy nuts or something? Wow. I mean, where does he get his law degree? I mean, this is ridiculous. But he cites in his basis, he cites the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals decision, which, if you go back and really look <clears throat> at it, bases it on the lemon test. On the lemon test. And we've talked about the and lemon so test. So we a few sent times. a demand letter <laughs> yeah. that pointed out apparently this attorney is completely oblivious of it, yes. that on May the 2nd, 2022, Liberty Council won a 9-0 to victory at the U.S. Supreme Court in the Shirtliff versus City of Boston case. And then right after that, the Coach Kennedy case on June 27th was when the Supreme Court finally buried that silly lemon test. Yeah, in our case, the City of Boston used the lemon test to censor the Christian flag not because of the flag itself, but because of the viewpoint of the flag. Religious if Hal thought that it was Christian, mm -hmm. no go. If he thought it was secular, he could fly it. And the justices unanimously rejected the lemon test, unanimously. And Justice Gorsuch wrote an, uh, a concurring opinion criticizing the lemon test and uh, making an analogy to a bad video game. And then uh, Justice Gorsuch wrote the Kennedy case involving Coach Kennedy, who knelt down to pray, and the school district there used the lemon test, saying that if he um, wanted to pray, it was not permissible. If he wanted to do something that's secular, it was permissible. And this was the same test that Anton Scalia would say that courts will pull it out like a ghoul in the closet when they need it. Yeah, and so this goes back to 1971. It's the decade of the 70s. And, of course, you had 71, the Lemon Test, Lemon versus Kurtzman, 73, Roe versus Wade. So that was the decade of a very liberal, mm -hmm. anti-life, anti-religious freedom court. And uh, both of those decisions were overturned last year. Roe versus Wade from 1973, the Lemon Test from 1971. There's over 7,000 citations to Lemon in court decisions and other sources. All of those cases now are overturned. And the Supreme Court said now that Lemon is finally dead and buried, and as Scalia would say, sometimes we, we put it in the ground, but then we resurrect it again. We bring it up to scare and frighten school board attorneys. It's now gone. It's dead. It's buried. Gone. It's no History. more. It's overruled <laughs> officially by the entire court. And as a result, the Supreme Court says, now that Lemon is dead, we need to interpret the Establishment Clause according to its original meaning and intent. But yet this attorney has the gall, or let's say ignorance probably is a better word, to pull it out as a basis to deny these precious little children their graduation in churches. It's unbelievable what this attorney is doing. And so now you have these families and the kids, and they're wanting to, and for example, some of these are like elementary uh, schools. They're in kindergarten fact, they're, and fifth grade. They're, yeah. yeah, they're K through five. Mm -hmm. So it's their first graduation ceremony. Right. They're looking forward to it. And in one case, it was going to be at the the Cheats, um, Chets uh, Creek uh, Church, Chets Creek Church. The other one was going to be at Southside United Methodist Church, and the other one was going to be at Holiday Hill Church. Uh, they now are being told that we have to scramble at the last minute, and you can't have it at this church facility. So we have intervened. We sent a demand letter to the public schools regarding this discriminatory policy. We have required that they reverse their position. Mm -hmm. uh, this could be very costly for the school district. Yeah, this could be a lawsuit. Um, In fact, you know, for this school district. it could be. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, unbelievable that 
this school attorney would be that far off the mark right. on what the law is. Referring to the Establishment Clause, citing a case that refers to Lemon when Lemon has been officially overruled by the high court. Like I said, he needs to do his homework on the legal So front. hopefully <laughs> our letter, you know, gives him some education and changes course, but we'll see. Um, this is the problem that happened with the Lemon test. It created a hostility. You know, in this case here, this attorney is using that old, outdated hostility that's overturned to simply say, now, you can have uh, an event anyplace else, just don't have it at a church. Well, why not have it at a church? Because these churches have the facilities to be able to use this. You're going you're gonna to put it in the local movie theater? Um, perhaps it depends upon your intent of, is that really a church or is that a secular facility? But, you know, here's the point, too. Some person may have... Uh, complained. They could, it would be so offensive to them to step foot into a church, but yet you can't change everything for that one person right. to accommodate that person. Well, and that's what Lemon did. It provided what would be considered an ignoramus veto. Mm -hmm. This one ignoramus veto, not familiar with all the circumstances, has the ability under Lemon to be the veto of this event or this display, that's gone. So with Lemon gone, not only can churches clearly be sites for graduation, but churches can use public school facilities as well. They can rent them for church services or for other events. Nativity scenes that were once struck down because of the Lemon test, those can go back up. Ten Commandments that also had the fate of being struck down because of lemon. Uh, those can go back up. And that includes the Ten Commandments mm -hmm. that were removed from the classrooms in Kentucky in 1980. Remember that? Mm -hmm. That was uh, one of those old cases, and that's no longer good law anymore. So we are in a new day. I encourage you to go to lc.org forward slash lemon. That's lc.org forward slash lemon, where we have information about the impact of overruling the lemon test and what new freedom we now enjoy. lc.org forward slash lemon. You've been listening to Faith and Freedom, brought to you by Liberty Council. We hope that we have motivated you to stand up for your faith, family, and freedom. Get informed and get involved today. Visit Liberty Council's website at lc.org, where you can obtain email alerts and other information to keep you informed and involved. You can also call us at 407-875-1776. The website again, lc.org.